Hi, I'm Rochelle Jackson, and this is The Crime Couch. I'm an investigative journalist and true crime author, and I know who's who in the zoo, the crims, the cops, and the interesting individuals in between. So get comfy and join me here on The Crime Couch. It's going to be one heck of a journey. This is the second episode of a two-part interview featuring leading firefighter Jeff Brereton. The Fire Rescue Victoria officer is a humble person, but he's a true hero and has been officially recognised. Jeff was the first on the scene of the Eastern Freeway incident on the 22nd of April 2020, where four Victoria police members were killed. He gave CPR to two of the dying members and medical assistance to a third while waiting for the ambulance. Jeff's an experienced firefighter with 32 years under his belt, and this event has changed his life. Welcome to the Crime Couch, Jeff. Thank you, Rochelle. Nice to be here. You were giving CPR to two members. What help did you get from the public? Um, yeah, we. I gave uh, some really good CPR to, to Glenn, and uh, in some of our early training, we go with very early days. We're talking 20 years ago. was something called look, listen, feel. And that's where you get your ear down beside a person's mouth and you put uh, your hand on their chest and you look at their chest. So you're, you're looking to see the chest rise. You're listening for, for breath and you're feeling for a pulse. And so when you're in that position, I'm now looking uh, along the roadway and then I spot, um, I could see Kevin a bit further down behind the truck and I now realise that... Uh, my situation has just uh, become doubled, in fact. So then you've got to make a decision about who you can save. And so um, uh, so then uh, I went and helped Kevin and uh, gave him um, some really, really good CPR. And there was a bystander. When, when I looked up from where Kevin was laying, once again, you, it's respect and it's treating him well and it's... Um, uh, looking after him and speaking nicely, uh, and the the sea at the back of the truck was just hundreds, thousands of cameras. But out of those cameras, it makes me a bit emotional talking about this as well. But um, it was one bystander, and this was a man I think about thirty five or forty in a reddish brownish jacket, and he asked if um, he could help, and he uh, didn't have gloves on, and he could see that I didn't have gloves on, and we didn't have masks, but um, he asked to help, and I said, yeah, you can you do the compressions? And he said to me he um, didn't know how to do the compressions, so um, um, which just, to me, puts him in a fantastic place. Um, and so I, I don't know who he is, and I wish him all the best, and I hope he's okay, and I really, really thank him for his efforts uh, on that night, and uh, I just instructed uh, him through what to do and for probably two or three minutes, and the ambulance turned up to young ambulance officers and um you know they were wonderful and uh, and yeah they took over and and the ambulance have got lots more uh, equipment to try and and drugs and things like that so he was in good hands and he was in the best of hands and yeah um but we know the outcome so unfortunately but i do um hope that that bystander i never i don't know his name i wouldn't recognize him but i hope he's okay yeah i hope he's okay 
Your actions on that evening were extraordinary, particularly you were, you know, not working, you're off shift, you decided to intervene, you gave CPR to two members. What else did you do with the gun? Because that was another thing which for many people wouldn't even sort of do anything about, but that was another detail that you picked up. Yeah, it has, Rochelle. Kevin's firearm, Mr King's firearm, had uh, dislodged. I didn't worry about the firearms on the other members. They were still intact. But Kevin's had come away and was at his feet. So I obviously realised that that was a danger. And so I pick up the firearm and take it across to my car, which is in the middle of the scene, and lock it in my car. And the reality is it probably cost Kevin maybe 10, 15 seconds. But um, uh, that's what I did, and I... I don't have to justify that that's what happened, but the actions of that caused everyone on their phones to um, tell police or uh, call takers that a member of the public's absconded with a firearm, hence that um, escalates the situation because they know that Porsche man is um, uh, not a nice fellow and uh, they think now they're turning up for uh, a more protracted incident. So, But I still no regrets about that. That was the right thing to do, I think, and, and hence we were able to hand that to a police officer after the incident was, um, yeah, after everyone had turned up. How do you recall these details now? I mean, do you remember, because I've spoken to people that have been in very traumatic incidents like this, and they say they remember things quickly or they remember things in slow motion. How do you now remember this in your mind that that evening, Jeff? Oh, just a series of events, and um, it's not a, a video flashback. There's just thousands of, of photos um, that that just pop up when they when they need to pop up. But I've had some fantastic help from a psychologist, Tanya, and we, and we just deal with things like that. But but being in the fire brigade, this. Yeah, there's every fireman, let me say, Rochelle, every fireman, every police officer, every ambulance officer has been to traumatic events. Then hence, anything after that becomes post-trauma. But there are ways of dealing with it. Um, like I said before, every time we turn out to an incident, then, then there is some silver linings. So I do realise that, um, um, yeah, your actions were the best they could be on the day. What's your response to people describing your actions as heroic and courageous? Oh, that doesn't sit well, Rochelle. Um, no, it doesn't sit well. There was uh, some people that needed some help and uh, I was certainly going to, you know, I did my very best to help them all. So uh, uh, whether I would like to think that every firefighter would do the same. That's what I would think. Uh, and so that sits well with me. Heroic and what was the other word? Uh, oh, well, yeah, yeah, look, yeah, it's everyone's scared. Everybody is scared. And you would have interviewed lots of police officers. You can't have courage without being scared. And courage is overcoming the uh, dangers faced in front of you, but still being able to overcome that and do what we need to do. Uh, that's enough said on that. <laughs> that doesn't sit well. Tell me now, Jeff. You don't live that far away from the incident scene. Do you ever drive back past that scene and, and what impact does that have on you now? Yeah, I drive past it nearly every day, Rochelle, and you certainly know when the incident happened. Um, I salute. Um, that's my little gesture to the four fallen and Big Pole. Um, 
uh, I went past uh, a week after the incident because I that was just a part of my recovery that I got to tick that box, um, which was quite emotional, quite uh, revealing that when the incident happened, my memory was that it happened over a, a kilometre, but in reality, when you go to the incident, it was over uh, probably over two hundred metres, so maybe ten or fifteen seconds. So yeah, look. It's it's traumatic and it but once again, Rochelle, every police officer, every fireman, every ambulance officer has skeletons in the closet where they'll go past a corner and it doesn't necessarily have to be trauma, but it might be a, a cat stuck in a tree or a kid with his head in a playground equipment or you know, something like that. So it doesn't have to be traumatic. But a lot of it is trauma about um yeah, a lot of it is just trauma, but they don't forget. But we deal with it and that's why we're police officers and as they said there's 5 million people in Victoria and there's 3,000 firemen and 20,000 police officers and probably 1,000 ambulance officers and so we're the chosen few that we're walking towards the fire flames when everyone's walking the other way. But that's our choice and, and that's what we're training the new ones to do as well, Rochelle. Jeff, what impact has this incident had on you? I know it's sitting with you probably a little bit better now but... Has it made you reflect about things in a different way? It certainly does. Certainly does. It never take tomorrow for granted. Uh, certainly shows, you know, the love and support you have from your family and for your family. Uh, shows uh, support for your from your mates and from work. Um, Vic Pole have been sensational towards me. I, I can't speak highly enough of uh, Vic Pole. Inspector Megan Dobbs and Detective Peter Ramoni and uh, Rick Nugent, the Assistant Commissioner Rick Nugent. You know, just some people who have been really involved in. in uh, there's a friend living around the corner, a uh, retired police officer, Peter Butts, who's just been. He's had his. Uh, he's got his fair share of incidents, but a fantastic man, and we've had lots of chats about things. So, uh, life's going to go on, and the sun comes up tomorrow. And uh, it's a choice of your mindset when you get out of bed. You can choose that uh, regardless of what the weather is, it's going to be a good day or it's going to be a bad day. And so um, yeah, I'm going to have some good days and um, I'm going to yeah, press on. And But the memory never leaves you. And But that's okay too. Um, yeah, that's okay. It's, I'm happy to carry that and, um, yeah, God bless them. Has this changed the way you see police members, Jeff? Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think firemen and police officers were close, but we're closer now. Um, they're both emergency services jobs, but you know things that they have to do and in the line of duty, and it certainly changed things about safety on roadways and and that sort of stuff as to how it happened and and how to avoid it happening again. And but you know, I just well, uh, Inspector Rick Nugent. Um, uh, no, he's not an Inspector. Deputy Commissioner. Yeah, uh, early doors, during one of the chats, he said that you would be forever considered part of the Blue family. That sits really well with me, Rochelle. It's, it just shows so much support from them for what you did and uh, and your actions on the day and how it, the effect it has on their members. And, and so, yeah, it certainly changed the way I think about Although I always respected them highly. It's just we just seem much closer now. Yeah, much, much closer. Is there anything 
that you want to tell the families of, of those police members that unfortunately passed on that day or that evening? Look, I, yeah, I just, uh, my heart is with them um, always and uh, with the fallen, with their, yeah, with their fallen members of the family. Um, yeah, I'm just, I think about them every day and, um, yeah, I hope they're doing okay and uh, the support that they received at the memorial was, uh, that was lovely. It was, you could touch it, you could feel it. It was, it was a massive gesture towards um, support from uh, Vic Pohl and uh, the members of the public uh, and I spoke to two of the families that my commendation and so that was very emotional catch up with them there and we had some emotional chats about lots of things that we're talking about now so um yeah i just uh i'm with them all the whole way and uh yeah i hope they're going okay the memorial was extremely well done very professional very touching and i couldn't think of a better way to reflect and recall those members lives because it was so well done yeah, it was. It was, yeah, it was, Rochelle. It was, yeah, beautifully. It was well written. It was uh, well presented. The support for the Guard of Honour at the end of the day when uh, we were able to make a ring around uh, the Oval uh, and each four family members were, were, were there and part of it. It, it just, yeah, it was just a show of strength and a show of support and it, uh, it was touching and, it, yeah, it was great. Um, uh, and it was well they deserved it you know certainly 12 months ago so but uh, yeah it was very fitting and, and and beautifully done and I'm glad I was there to uh, witness it and be part of it and and um, yeah happy to be yeah, involved. Is there anything else that you want to say Jeff about that day and and what you did? Oh, not really Rochelle look uh, my actions um, let the actions speak yeah it's a fairly comprehensive interview that we've put together we probably haven't missed too many parts I just it's it's the same thing you know Lynn, Kevin, Josh and Glenn they're forever in my thoughts and, and heart uh, the families you know I can support them uh, you know as much as I possibly can um, we are certainly yeah there's something that uh, binds us together some, somehow somewhere uh, uh, Vic Pole members uh, you know if that was a fire appliance um i'm not sure how we'd, we would cope so you walk a mile in someone's shoes and they still turn up and go to work the very next day um yeah so uh yeah my heart's with all them and continue to do the good job and we appreciate you looking after us uh, so thanks to big file members well jeff thank you very much for sitting with me on the crime couch today at You've done an extraordinary service and your selfless and courageous actions on that evening will forever be remembered. So thank you and uh, appreciate you sitting with me today. Thanks, Rochelle. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for joining me. I'm Rochelle Jackson and I look forward to your company next time on The Crime Catch.